What's up, Ram Nation? We are back with another edition of DNVR Rams Live. I'm Justin Michael. I'm joined by D-Line to break down a gut-wrenching, uh, heartbreaking loss to UNLV. The Rams hold them to six field goals, but ultimately get walked off as time expires. Uh, hit a 55-yarder, Jordan Noya's big-time kick to put the Rams up with under a minute to go, but uh, unfortunately unable to get a stop when you most need it and you lose a really tough one. We're going to get into all of it. We'll talk about the keys to the game, the turning point. Uh, we'll talk about some, I don't know, questionable decisions. I didn't understand the squib kick at all, but uh, what's your uh, what's your reaction to this one, obviously, because you're basically coming off of, you know, the highest of highs and now, you know, it's it's... I don't know, two steps forward, one step back. It's just a really tough one given the, the lack of consistency with this team. Well, um, I feel actually pretty positively about this game. I mean, it obviously ended poorly, but CSU showed a lot of fight. That's a five and one team that they were going up against. Um, it's been suggested by some in the Denver Post, apparently, that it was perhaps a fake five and one, which actually I completely subscribe to. That that team it is not a five and one team. Um I liked that CSU uh, was hellbent on reestablishing their run game. It was very effective on one specific drive in the first half, and then they got too like they got too connected to it. Uh, they kept going back to it in the second half, and that third quarter was tragic. The game was lost in that third quarter. There were just it was just like little death by a thousand paper cuts in that third quarter. And they didn't do anything like tragically or really catastrophically wrong, save that, that, that Tory Horton uh, interception that he threw, but that was still like, he, it was kind of a punt in a sense. I mean, he pinned him a little bit back in there in their own territory, but God damn it, man. Oh, they had it. CSU had it. I am, I am, cannot be convinced that they were not the better team tonight. Yeah, that's the the tough one to to stomach. And I mean, it, it kind of speaks to how dumb this sport is. And it's a big part of why I love oh, it. Yeah. I mean, I talked about it last week. You frankly got outplayed for the vast majority of the game. But down the stretch, you find a way to outplay Boise State over the final five minutes. About 15 plays go your way. I mean, if any one of those plays goes against you, it's a completely different outcome. This time, you know, the, it doesn't go your way. Uh, I'm glad you brought up that third quarter. I, I think that was really where that game flipped. Obviously you, you brought up the Horton interception. We'll get to, to that in the second segment as well. To me, that was the turning point of the game, but only nine yards of, of total offense for CSU in that third quarter, you were up 10, you had all the momentum and the game flipped there. And it, it's really, it's a tough one. I mean, UNLV did a really good job of establishing time of possession throughout that third and fourth quarter. CSU didn't even get the ball in that fourth quarter till about halfway through then they go down they produce the scoring drive you get a couple of huge third down conversions to justice ross simmons capped off by the 20 yard touchdown you're feeling good you know you go up and then you know you, you allow unlv to kick another field goal but you still manage to kick a 55 yarder which frankly i i didn't agree with the decision in the moment just i didn't either wouldn't be a roller coaster but noyes i mean that would have been good from 60 the the stones on that guy that's why you have a 31 year old out there you know <laughs> He's got three kids. The pressure of kicking a field goal is nothing to him. But the old, just, the old Brits. <laughs> <laughs> just a bummer because you know what could have been remembered as this insane moment, like the dramatic fourth quarter comeback capped off by a 55 yarder on the road. I mean, we're a couple of plays away from the context of this game being completely different. Talking about CSU pulling off yet another upset. They were able to upset Middle Tennessee State. They were able to upset Boise State. Eight point underdogs in this one, actually a larger spread than that uh, Boise State game a week ago, which was surprising to me, just given UNLV had not yet beat a winning team. They've still technically uh, not beat a winning team. Two 500 teams are, are, are their best wins this season. But the point of this is not to try and diminish UNLV or, or poo poo them. I mean, it's a fun story. They're bowl eligible. It's a program that's historically in the tank i mean they're they're six and one they were five and one for the first time in 39 years since randall cunningham was their quarterback but i think you hit the nail on the head earlier where you just said the rams were the better team for the majority of tonight and it's just a, a tough way to lose when your defense plays as well as they did for the majority of the night 
you hold them to six field goals. You, you hold UNLV, which had the second best rushing attack in the conference coming in to three yards of carry. I mean, the defensive line really got to credit those guys in the interior for the work that they were able to do in this one, but uh, just not able to make enough. Oh. I mean, these games, these tight games are decided by about three to five plays. And, you know, you get a couple of them that go your way and it's a victory, but it's just frustrating that we continue to see the lack of consistency from this group. We're more than halfway through the season and the progress is evident. Like if you don't think this team is is better than last year, you're just choosing to, to look through that negative lens. It's clearly better than what we saw last year, but they haven't played a four quarter game yet. And at this stage of the season, that, that is frustrating. Yeah. And also, man, the defense tonight was so confusing. The defense was stout and loose one play after the next, like that final drive was so disappointing. It just so disappointing. First off, we could like get that they dropped a, a couple of times there. I just, I'm not a big prevent guy. I got to rewatch it and make sure that that's actually what they were doing, but I don't believe they sent more than four at any point on that final drive. And it felt very similar to what we saw on that, that final drive in regulation where CU is able to go 98 yards, yep. carve you up, you know, with a couple of chunk plays, obviously the throw to Ricky white down the sideline. That's a great play. DB can't get turned around to make a play on the ball there, but just the chunk plays, man, there are a couple chunk plays that really burned you tonight. Yes. And that's exactly what I was going to say. Like they went into that sort of prevent look that we'd seen before, which is just so tragic. You have a talent like Mo Camaro. That, like this is what the Denver Broncos made their bones with, with having a dominant pass rusher that could cause havoc in very obvious pass situations at the end of the game when teams are in desperation mode. Um, I am so uh, like it wasn't only that they were able to complete those passes. Like it, they, it wasn't that that difficult, like particularly that last dagger play, like that guy was wide open. Essentially he had, um, he'd shaken his defender, you know, like dropping everybody into coverage didn't even matter. Oh, I'm so, I'm so goddamn frustrated. I was so ready to celebrate after that 55 yard field goal that, that I agree with you. I was actually like not excited about that play call. It felt like pretty cowardly again. Like there were just a lot of like, feelings of deja vu between this and that CU game where the Rams should by all rights have been in the, they were in this game, not so much in the year. I guess they were, were in both. They were, they, they were in a commanding position and they chose sort of a weak stance in both three times. Now you've gone up like 10 plus points on the road and have lost three of them. So it's, it's frustrating. You know, the, the lack of consistency again, I, in the moment, I, I didn't agree with the decision to go or 55-yard field goal. Clearly, it's the right call. He drilled it. I mean, it would have been good from 60. Huge credit to Noyes. Um, the fact that you feel good about CSU's kicking game is, is definitely great. Uh, <laughs> it has not been the case very often over the last 15 to 20 years. So he's been huge. But it's just one of those classic woulda, coulda, shoulda games for sure. CSU that's been a, a problem for this team for years now. Um, we're going to keep talking about it, but I do want to shout out our friends over at game time. Sometimes watching college football is a frustrating experience. Ah, I want to kill myself. Game time. Ah. <laughs> it's, it's easy, man. It's smooth. It's, it's a much less stressful process than watching the roller coaster that are these Mountain West games. What's awesome about game time, they have deals on tickets right up to the start of the event, even an hour after it starts. It's the best place to find last minute deals. You can take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time, download the app, create an account, use the code DNVR for $20 off your first purchase. Terms do apply again, create an account, redeem that code DNVR for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. I also want to shout out Hero Bread. Hero Bread is amazing because it's a healthier alternative, but it comes with all the taste and texture oh. that we get with the typical bread, all that, that garbage <laughs> stuff that's bad for you. Get out of here. Not Hero Bread. If you use the code DNVR for 10% off at hero.co, they've got bread, buns, tortillas, anything you need. Right now, Hero Bread is offering the DNVR fam 10% off their first order. Again, just go to hero.co, use that code DNVR, save 10% on Hero Bread today. 
That's hero.co to save 10% today. We got a super chat here from Nick Reese. If you guys have questions and comments, get them firing in. Make sure you give us a thumbs up on YouTube. We will be answering questions in the third segment as well. But I do want to address the super chat, obviously. Shout out to my guy, Nick Reese, longtime supporter of DNVR. Got a lot of love for you, buddy. Uh, to quote our favorite boy, Dazio, <laughs> the difference is we actually are now. That's a great point, man. It's all a matter of perspective. For two years, I had to sit there and post game press conferences after 40 point losses. <laughs> Games were that were just absolutely train wrecks on both sides of the football in here. No, we actually are making progress. And this team is making progress. It's slower than I think a lot of Ram fans are hoping for, especially given the top end talent on this team. I get it. But, you know, you see the the fact that this team still has, you know, some depth holes to, to fill. And that's not shocking because you basically have had zero regular recruiting classes since having to rebuild this program. The first cycle, you're, you're just trying to field enough bodies to, to have a team out there. And then you lose a bunch of dudes. You're playing with scholarship totals in the low 50s. This past year, you signed like 50 new dudes. You're not going to hit on everybody. A lot of these young freshmen, they're, they're flashing. They're making plays. We've seen... Big time plays, obviously, from transfer additions. Jordan Noyes comes over from Utah. He's been great. Dallin Holker, he comes over from BYU. Incredible. Incredible. I mean, we see Dom Jones in the secondary. He, he's had some big plays. Kobe Johnson, obviously, before he got hurt. But, yeah, I mean, there's work to be done, obviously. There, there's still growth to be had or made, I guess I should say, with this program. Um, some keys to the game here. CSU defensively in that first half was really good at getting off the field on third down. They were. And, and you Dude, that's, put yourself in a great position. This is, this is the frustrating part about this game is that that's what I mean. Like the, the defense in the first half where they were getting them off on third down. What are they like something like six or nine times? They said like, yeah, it was so heartening. I was like, everything is clicking. CSU has figured it out. Like this is the squad that I thought we were going to get after that CU game. Um, they look good offensively. They're running the ball. They are passing, you know, they're, they're being able to pick the way that they are attacking. They're not just, you know, put into a corner where you have to do, you know, you just have to rely solely on the, uh, on the passing game. Exactly. And then, man, I just, it really is a, you know, it's the tale of two halves. That third quarter, I just cannot get over that third quarter. Just what happened? It was just so bizarre. And it didn't. You got to credit UNLV for adjusting. They didn't expect CSU to run. They did highlight this on the broadcast, which I don't know if I would say it was the best broadcast in the world, but it was fine. <laughs> it was um, the worst broadcast. I want to kill that guy. I, I trust you. I, if you watch enough college football, you will see some absolute. <laughs> but um, I mean, they, they did highlight it on the broadcast, UNLV. They were having a lot of light boxes in that first half. Three, four guys made it more like five, six, seven in that second half, kind of daring CSU to throw. The Rams did open it up more. You saw some of those crossers under. Yes. Start to hit that. And that is why you run the football. Like, I, I, yes, I think people get frustrated with the commitment to it, but it does wear the defense down. It opens up things for those underneath you know, passing options, which is huge. It allows you to sustain drives. It allows you to eat up some clock and not put your defense in such a brutal spot. So, uh, but it, it just, it, it wasn't all night. Like they couldn't get that ground game going down the stretch when they needed to in the second half, unfortunately. I mean, couldn't get much of anything going offensively until that that touchdown drive. And then obviously you go down the, the field to set up the, what could have been the game winning field goal by Jordan Noyes ends up being a, a moot point in the end. But I mean, UNLV was six of 11 on third down in that second half, better than 50%. If you do that, you know, you're going to have a good opportunity to win and credit them. Maiva made some big time throws. He was able to get it to the receivers. Um, I, I don't feel like the secondary had a bad game. We've had some questions about it. They did give up some chunk plays, but they just overall, had a... and don't, you're going to give up yards. Like the days of holding teams to less than 300 yards consistently, those are over. It's all about mitigating the damage and the fact that you're able to hold them to six field goals like that's winning defense this is a team that had scored 40 points in every single game they had played outside of when they went to michigan i mean you hold them to 25 on the road that's that's pretty good you have an opportunity to win at that instance if you you know score what you typically average about 28 points a game yeah it's the problem is the problem is that they they were Ben don't break but they ultimately broke is the problem is that they, they held them in check. They, like you say, they didn't give up touchdowns, 
but like that last drive, God, oh, you just felt it, it coming fast. too. I think you just gassed. felt it coming. I do think the time of possession really started to wear down. Like I said, UNLV was, I mean, they, they dominated time of possession in this game, 34 minutes, you know, I mean, almost 10 minutes more than the Rams in this one. And it was especially drastic in that second half. Some other keys I felt like in that first half, when you have an opportunity to go down and, you know, extend the lead, go up like 21, three, potentially you end up settling for a field goal. There was an instance where you call a timeout. I believe it's third and six and you come out with a draw. I don't hate that play call. If you're going at tempo and you're catching the defense before they can get, lined yeah. up. maybe you get half of it, set it up for fourth and, and two or three or something like that. Give your chance, give you a, a chance to go for it off of the timeout. Not crazy about it. Kind of felt like they were just playing to put points on the board and, you know, assure that you went up two scores, which I get the reasoning. Like you don't want to have a costly turnover in the red zone, leave with no points. But again, I mean, it comes down to a couple key moments in the game. You score a touchdown there. I mean, it just feels a lot better being up 21, three at halftime. It absolutely, it absolutely does. Ah, I'm just like reliving this in my mind. Just remembering my personal roller coaster of emotion. I was so confident at halftime. I felt so great. Like, CSU looked so good. They, unfortunately, like you said, I mean, they didn't have the point total to match my level of confidence. That particular drive, like, good though. You're I felt great, man. Playing great. You're like the offense is as long as you're able to to open it up there. And again, you know, we talked about this earlier. That the turning point in the game, I feel like, was the trick play, which ends up in an interception. You try to go back to the wide receiver uh, pass that went for six against CU. This time, great play by Jackson Turner, Arizona. It was. I mean, great, great play on the ball, but that's just one where you got to throw it away if you're Horton. I get it. That always happens in those instances where the skill guys get an opportunity to throw it. They are going to throw it. Like if, if the play calls for it, they are going to throw it, whether it's there or not. And I don't know, maybe you got a little too cute there. I don't hate the play call because those types of plays have worked for CSU all year long. They've had five or six of them that have been to perfection. If yeah. works, you're like, oh man, the stones on, on yeah. to, to call that play there, uh, obviously it, it goes the other way. And it's, it's a game of margins, man. I mean, a couple I mean, of four or five plays go the other way. It's, it's a different outcome. And, and truthfully, it was a good pass. It was a good pass. Like, along with the throw. It was a good pass. It just was a good pass into, uh, an, I mean, had there been no defenders, it would have been an absolute dime to, 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 to Holker. Um, unfortunately, the guy makes the, a, a great play on the ball. Um, but still, at that point, you don't feel like, all right, it's like, uh, whatever, like, I appreciate them trying something. I appreciate them going for it. I appreciate them trying to uh, kind of keep the other team on their heels a little bit. Um, but you're right. In retrospect, you look back like it was just that those three drives. There were they came out. They ran the ball like two or three times right up the gut. Super predictable. Um, and then they had like a tragic throw. You know, just out of bounds. Three and out. Kick it, and then. That next drive, I believe, that's when they gave up the uh, the interception, and then they get went for another three and out, and it was like, bro, what happened to this third quarter? Like, UNLV marches down the field, like, I mean, they, they're not running down like gangbusters, but like just like little chunks here, there, five yards, you know, like a, a run that feels like it should be able to be, you know, contained for three or four yards, three yards ends up for like six yards. And it's like their quarterback is like just barely getting out of uh, pressure and, you know, either making a play or getting rid of it. I mean, oh, it was so close in so many instances, but you just felt it slipping away until CSU got that amazing crosser that exactly like you're saying, this is why you have commitment to running the ball because that play had been set up by so many that uh, preceded it. It works to perfection. They get a huge chunk play out of it and they go in for the score. It's super simple. It feels very easy. It's like we got control again. You know, the, the ship has been righted. And then the defense just is uh, just just goes so soft at the wrong moments. Like, ah. Uh, just needed one more stop. I mean, it's, it's disheartening to not get one big play when you really needed it at the end, a big pass rush. I'm not going to be the guy that blames the officials or anything like that, but no. then calls on Mo Camara when he's getting bear hugged out there. That's a little suspect, but it was just one of those where 
you had to execute uh, just a little bit better than you did in the end. And unfortunately comes back to bite you. I don't want to get too repetitive here, but I mean, there is a lot to like about this game as much sure. as you hate the outcome as much as this is a therapy good. session. We're not looking towards the future. We got to exercise the demons first. Like I gotta get this off my chest. Can't walk around with this for the next week. Thinking about what could have been, just, but I'm feeling better. We're talking it out. I see where the mistakes were made. There's very positive progress. You feel great about the, uh, this is the first game, maybe since the first game that I felt great about the running backs, Van Sh- uh, Shield and um, the return of Morrow. It, I was like, wow, what a breath of fresh air in the second quarter specifically. Obviously, it like, didn't bear fruit in the same way down the stretch. In fact, it was, like I said, it was too successful in the second. I felt like they wanted to keep making it work too much, but you're right, Justin. All right. I feel better. I've, I've, I've worked it out. Uh, as soon as you want to point towards the positivity in the future, I'm ready. I mean, the reality is, is the goal was 500 this year. When you see how they played against CU, you start talking yourself into, well, maybe it's a little bit more than that. You know, maybe this team ceiling can be higher. And if you don't blow a couple of games, you had the opportunity for it to be. At the end of the day, though, bowl eligibility is the goal. You have five games remaining. You're going to be favorites in three of them. You're going to be underdogs in two of them. If you can steal one of these next two games, obviously you have rivalry games coming up now with Air Force and Wyoming. You can't let this loss compound. You can't let this be an emotional hangover. I would say as far as the response goes, the encouraging thing is we have seen this team kind of respond in these instances so far. You know, you come off a tough game against Washington State. You play a great game in Boulder. And then, you know, you find a way to, to grind one out against middle Tennessee state. But the, the truth is, is your margin for error is very thin right now. And if you could find a way to steal one, it's just going to be massive. And that's why tonight it stings. You know, you have two games here in conference play where you're up double digits on the road and you let both of them slip away against what I would say is relatively comparable competition, middle of the pack mountain West teams, you know, Utah state, UNLV. I don't know if I, have them in that upper echelon with Wyoming, with Air Force, with Fresno State, but these are good teams that are going to win like six to eight games. Those are the ones you got to find a, a way to come away with. And you were able to do that twice against Middle Tennessee State and Boise State. You've let three now slip away with CU, Utah State, and uh, obviously tonight against UNLV. We'll see. What should be encouraging about this, though, is how the run defense played because the discipline with those guys in the interior was phenomenal. The guys on the edge did a great job of, of not, you know, over pursuing and allowing UNLV to bust off some of these big runs that have really killed CSU over the the season. I mean, that, that was great, especially going into this air force game to see the guys tackling well and playing with great discipline, which has kind of been an up and down thing for CSU. There are moments where it really has been great. And there've been moments where it's been absolutely awful, but tonight, run defense really solid to hold this UNLV team, which throws all kinds of looks at you, a lot of misdirection motion. I mean, it's very similar to air force in that sense. Um, not the triple option, but just a lot of misdirection trying to test your, your eyes and your discipline. I, I liked what I saw from these guys going into two games where you're going to have to defend the run or, or it's going to be a long, long night. Yeah, I have to agree with that. I mean, that's been really a an Achilles heel for this Rams defense over the last three or four games as their run defense has been confusingly bad. Like, this is what you and I were talking about this the other day. I mean, for such a stout defensive line, um, they are really susceptible to a lot of running plays. You, I mean, and it's confusing. I in I think that through our conversation, it just, it seemed like, you know, perhaps more often than not, they're focused on rushing the passer more so than uh, gap containment and uh, making sure that, you know, the, the running backs aren't uh, squirting through to the next level. But um, tonight they were, you know, if, if nothing else, they were adequate, you know, if not spectacular at times, like they, there were some good, um, much more than holding a team to three yards to carry, especially when they're going truthfully plus on the ground most weeks. Truthfully. And so, you know, that, that I, I would agree with you. I think that that was a turning or that was a bright spot and it is something that's going to be coming into play in the next couple of weeks. Um, man, they were good enough though. I mean, they were good enough. Like, they did. It's like when you set a personal record for like 
in a race or something like that. You're working towards progress, but your best friend still does see you by like 10 minutes. And you're just like, oh, <laughs> I mean, five minutes better than last week. Like that, that does feel a lot better, but yeah, it's just the, the outcome, obviously that stings. Um, some individuals that I, I think we should highlight before we move on to the final thoughts on this one, answer some questions and comments. Uh, the player of the game, you could have gone with Justice Ross Simmons, could have gone with Holker. Uh, I went with Jordan Noyes. I mean, three for three on the field goals, drills a 55-yarder, uh, the, the stones in that moment. I mean, I, I don't even feel confident when the Denver Broncos try and kick a 55-yard field goal. Not at all. <laughs> for a 31-year-old transfer college kicker to go out in that moment and to deliver it is really great. And he has just been a huge addition for this team. Uh, I love to see the consistency they've had in that kicking game, have had two kicks blocked this year, I guess. But as long as they, they've gotten up, they have tended to go in. So shout out to him. Um, a couple other individuals. We'll just breeze through this real quick. Dallin Holker was great. Really solid game. I mean, he's the best tight end in the league. Four catches, 80 yards, uh, no scores tonight, but continuing a strong push for the Mackey Award. CSU could have a Mackey Award winner for the second time in three years. Georgia's Brock Bauer is going to be out for about a month. TEU? <laughs> is that us? We, we've got transition. Is, is Iowa eat your heart out? Like, um, we really are coming for them, punting and, and tight ends. Yeah, man. Years. And heartbreaking losses. Like, what, what do they have on us that we don't, that we can't return? Uh, <laughs> yeah, the, Holker's incredible. He's incredible and the most like the the thing that I can say about that that bums me out is that he only had four catches. You know, like you yeah, want targeted until late in that second quarter, you could kind of maybe question that one, but you're running the ball well again. So that's I know. Point. And that's what set up two play action shots to holker up the seam. Again, you do have to commit to the run. That balance is going to be important, guys. I know that when we think air raid, we're thinking vertical shots over the top and and there were not as as many shots downfield as i expected to be but, fair but not at all that was dictated by what unlv was doing defensively they were kind of daring csu to run the ball and attack underneath and the rams you know did that so, yeah i i just have I, I just have this sense now after watching this team for a while is that they do they're so committed to being a well-run offense that sometimes it actually bites them because they don't necessarily just want to lean on their their strengths. Like they are hesitant to just feed Holker and Horton, and they are they always want to make sure that they are you know running varied attacks and in this game specifically, getting the running game going, all things that you look, can look to to say like, yes, that's how you play offense. Like you have to make sure that the other team doesn't know what you're going to do. You have to keep them off, off balance. You have to throw something at them that they're not expecting. But like those two guys are so goddamn dominant that sometimes I'm like, just go, just feed him, just go. Like it's okay sometimes. Like there's different ways to go about it. Like we, we were watching, um, just quickly, a basketball aside, we were watching uh, the Serbian team play basketball. They're so deeply committed to the idea of team basketball that it costs them because they just won't feed Jokic. Like we're like, just give him the goddamn ball. Like, yes, there's a higher idea, but sometimes you just give the guy the rock that can make the play. Holker can make the yeah. Holker can make the play. Like he can snatch balls away. We saw him do it against CU. He can snatch balls away from defenders. Horton is so incredible in space, and they didn't use him hardly at all. I think probably because he got blown up so badly in the first uh, quarter, or maybe the second quarter, when he uh, caught that 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 flare out pass and just got destroyed. Um, but they didn't. Yeah, he took they didn't, a couple of big shots tonight. He did, but they they weren't using their their strongest weapons in their most you like they weren't utilizing them in a way that you just sometimes you just like man just feed those guys you know yeah i get you it might be a little bit i don't know too cute at times it's just tough because i understand the logic behind so do I. Doing, and i think that they will win games because of it down the Absol- line. no question nope. like this where it's like man maybe just Maybe just lean on those those stars a little bit more. <laughs> Give it to Holker. He's a saint. Holy Holker. Jesus. Holker for, uh, for mayor, by the way. We're, we're pushing that campaign in Fort Collins. Right? I'll do it. Alan Holker for mayor. Um, Justice Ross Simmons will give him a helmet sticker. Four catches, 76 yards. Had a couple of huge catches on that, that touchdown drive in the fourth quarter, including the 20-yard the score. 
Uh, Horton, seven catches for 48 yards, team high, seven catches. Lewis Brown had five catches, helmet sticker for him. And a helmet sticker for Braden Fowler Nicolosi, 21 of 32, 66%, 235 yards, one touchdown, no turnovers, which is huge. That has been kind of his bugaboo at, at times this year. Uh, we'll shout out Van Shield and Avery Morrow. The talented backs had a nice game. And Van uh, Shield had a great game. That run, that's the big, that has to be the biggest run of the season for, for CSU. Oh, yeah, for sure. 52 yards, I think. Um, it kind of reminded me of an old school Gartrell Johnson run and he he runs like yeah. Gartrell really really hard he's not fast this guy no like he's not if it's like kobe johnson or somebody else that's probably six because yeah. they, they get away and they're able to catch him from behind but that dude fights for every inch man he has just been he's been huge for this team while they've been shorthanded and i think it's cool that he's uh he's earned this role and he's continued to to get looks even with moro back i think they're yeah. gonna both those guys he's such a yeah he's like a, such a traditional CSU running back like oh yeah not in the sense like we've had like a uh, we had a run of like incredible running backs that was like where did all these guys come from but before that in in my CSU era it's just like a big lunky white guy that by all rights should be a fullback but is like given the rock and like just pounds it up the middle when he broke that run I was like first off I couldn't believe it was him I thought for sure it was Moro um and then that entire drive, he just looked like Mike Allstott out there. He's just like blowing guys up, like couldn't be hit, being hit at the line of scrimmage, but just powering through for an extra eight yards. Like it was a beautiful, a beautiful drive that I felt like was a, was showing us things to come, but it was, it was fool's gold in, in a lot of senses. Van the man. Van the man. Great job by you though, man. Way to go. I do want to comment, and again, I'll get to, we'll get to comments in this the third section, but I do want to address this comment from Tanner here. Eric, to your point, look at Air Force. You know, they will run the triple option almost every play, still works out for them. Yes, also Air Force probably has a top five offensive line in college football. Um, and the triple option is kind of a, I don't know if I'm even using this correctly, but misnomer, like it's it's not one play over and over again. It's a lot of things that look very similar with about 32 different variations. And mm-hmm. actually air force this year, they've been really dangerous with the pass. Zach Larry or their QB who played today after Calhoun said earlier this week that he was going to be out for a while. Some, some mind games in the military game, you know, unbelievable. <laughs> I like it, but I don't know, man, it's, it's obviously going to be a tough matchup for air force, but I do think it was encouraging to see the way the run D played today. The final helmet sticker before we get to the, the final comments and final thoughts and questions here is uh, I want to give a helmet sticker to TJ Crandall, true freshman DB had a huge PBU near pick. They had God. two plays in the end zone. Uh, Would have, could have, should have been interceptions. If you come away with either of those, that might be the difference in the game. Both of them were great plays by the DB, but just one of those where you're, you know, if you're going to make a joke, like, oh, that's why you play DB and not receiver, but great plays on the ball in both instances. So I'm not trying to, to be that guy. Um, <laughs> and a helmet sticker for Ron Harge as well statistically not going to jump off the paper like some of these other guys, but really, really big in coverage. Um, any other individuals that you want to shout out before we get to this final segment here? Well, I mean, I, I don't know that I would give a helmet sticker, but I would forcibly remove a helmet sticker from the um, announcing crew of that game. That uh, I know you glossed over it really quickly. You're a grizzled vet. I was so off-put by the way that, that, that the color commentator was treating that game, knowing that that was the only feed for the entire Mountain West. Um, I just need to get that off my chest. I the, he, he said that anybody that thought um, that very egregious pass interference play uh, should be a pass interference play is a bad fan. Uh, you're a bad announcer. So I guess we're on the same level. We're both bad in our own special way. I uh, didn't really appreciate that. And I want to ask you this, Justin. I'm curious what your thoughts on this. Um, Eric, how do you feel about when people talk about the preeminent or at least the the larger teams in Colorado and everybody always gets mad because air force is oftentimes omitted in my, in my view, I do you view, do you view air force as a Colorado team? Uh, it's, that's a tough one because like, obviously you're a school in Colorado. They, they are located in Colorado. Literally. Yes. But, um, 
I, I don't, I've never considered them to have a strong local identity. And a big part of that happens to be with the fact that your student base, obviously it's not like CSU, CU, Greeley, even, you know, Mesa, these other schools, like, it's not like it's just a bunch of Colorado kids going there. It's you're recruiting on a, a global level, like literally the, the type of individual that gets into the Air Force Academy, very, very small, specific crew. Um, I understand why Air Force fans get frustrated and, I talk up Air Force all the time. Troy Calhoun, in my opinion, is one of the most, if not the most underrated coach in America. Obviously, he's owned CSU since he got there. I think he's 13 and two in 15 games. Uh, just domination, absolute domination. But to the, the Falcons fans that maybe are like, why don't more teams or why don't more people talk about us locally? It's just the fact that you don't really have a, a local base. Like, I wouldn't even consider Colorado Springs like a die hard you know air force <laughs> no supporting community dude it's so strange to me because the air force is a governmental uh like they're a governmental team they you're right like no one chooses to come to colorado to play like you want to be a part of the air force you're interested in being a member of the air force more so than going to school in colorado yes it is located in colorado but I don't think of navy as a maryland team do you think of the Na navy as a maryland team um so no, even if you ask Air Force, like they, if they went two and ten but beat Army and Navy, that's a successful. Year. Yes, like they, they, they love being spoilers. They love going into Boulder and Fort Collins and sure. you know, reminding folks that you know we're here, we're doing our thing year after year. But again, like it's a rivalry in a sense because you play every year. You know, you're ninety miles or whatever it is, probably more like one hundred and twenty, I guess, from Fort Collins to Springs. But yeah, it's a long one. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's just not the same. Like to me, I'd love to see CSU beat Air Force. Would love it. Oh, oh my God. But yes. like, if you were like, you put a knife to my back and are like, you know, the border <laughs> war Air Force, which one do you want more? You want the Wyoming win a hell of a lot more. This, that was the most telling statement I've ever heard of a CSU fan. It's not most people would say you put a knife to my neck, but you want to be stabbed in the back, just like a like, just like this, the true CSU fan that you are, always stabbed in the back. Yeah, it's true. I I just always find this like so interesting. Like everybody, and I understand obviously both sides. It's just like I just don't think of the, I just think of them as in the same vein as I think of Army Navy, as you said, like yeah. the the armed forces. It's like. Like we, it's not it's not disrespect. It's like it's actually I think of them as existing on a higher plane, not mired down in the Colorado muck with the rest of us. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like these are these are like elite. They're not even athletes. Like they they're elite. They're an elite fighting force. Like they're the most like always going to be like the most in shape. The most. Um, what other team could like paratroop onto the field if needed? So they're, they're a special breed, man. This is, this is a really dumb joke. I don't even know if it'll be funny like I think it was. But the other day I was just sitting and I was like, if you explain the Mountain West Conference, like if you were just sitting around, you had two guys and it was like, let's create a, let's create a football conference. You know, where are we going to go? And just, all right, uh, Fort Collins, love it. Great. You know, San Diego, yeah. killing it. Hawaii. So much fun. Vegas, like all these places make spot. And then you're like, Laramie, <laughs> Reno, uh, a literal U.S. Air Force base. <laughs> you know what the worst part is that those teams are like usually pretty good. That's the, that, that is the most disheartening oh, part of it. How is Laramie, all, how is Wyoming always good? This is what I want to understand. Craig Bowl. I mean, they had a really rough stretch before Bowl. But yeah, I mean, that's good coaching. Him and Calhoun, they have an identity. <laughs> It's not flashy. It's not sexy. Frankly, I think it has a ceiling in terms of what it can accomplish, but you're never going to be awful. You know, you're going to be in every game and you're going to be damn tough. Uh, if you're like us, you might be feeling a little thirsty. Maybe you need a, a brick brew and we love brick and Ridge brewery at DNVR. I'll take 12. Oh yeah, exactly. What's your favorite brick brew? You know what? I'm a little bit of a, in the parlance of the youth, a basic bitch. And so what I, what I'll talk what I'll typically go for is the Breckbrew Lager. It's like a lager, you know what I mean? I'm not a complicated man. I'm not a complicated man, Justin. I'm not a complicated man, but I'm not a smart man. But I know what beer is. Um, shout out to Breckbrew. I think I'm gonna have a ice cold avalanche amber ale Ooh, after this. Tis the, the season. Tis the season for sure. Feel perfect fall beer. Nice oh. for watching. Nice for maybe drowning some sorrows. Uh, but oh. I, 
or literally watching the avalanche after the show. Or yeah, it's true. Abs are uh, abs are rolling. I think got a good chance for maybe a double parade. I don't want to get too too carried away here. <laughs> Let's go. I de- I don't want to get too carried away, but I definitely already bet that to happen. Uh, it, yeah, it's like same. I've been it three years in a row, and at some point it's gonna hit. <laughs> Shout out to Saturday Neon as well. They are a local company started by former college roommates. They make officially licensed collegiate logo LED neon signs. They're shipped with everything you need to mount power dim, so every sign is easy to install and operate. What's awesome is they're officially licensed for 19 select schools, including CSU, Alabama, Roll Tide, picked up that win over Tennessee today. I uh, see you if you're into that kind of thing. Uh, I can't wait to get one for my home office. Shout out to Saturday Neon. Use the code DNVR for 10% off your order today. Dude. Free shipping for orders over $200. We have a, a bow on this. Let's, let's wrap up with some final thoughts. Let's get all of our... our catharsis here uh, if you have any questions or comments you'd like us to address get them in now um but i guess i'll just start with and, and we've already talked about this a couple of times but as tough as this loss is to stomach you're sitting here at three and four you've got five games left you've got to find a way to play with some consistency but if you win the games that you should win you will make a bowl game and that's what needs to be the goal here is reaching the postseason. That's an absolutely beautiful statement. It's something that we've not been able to say seriously in some time. Um, you know, the, there's something about this is like what I love and I hate about college football and equal parts is that so many people are able to make a, a bowl game and bowl games for the most part are just largely meaningless. But there is something nice about just being able to be in that upper half of college football teams that gets to be on display, gets to say, we made a bowl. Um, I couldn't agree more. I mean, this is the, it's been a while since I've had this level of interest in a CSU Rams football team. And I actually am eternally grateful for it. I love it. I like, I love caring about CSU Rams football. It's, it's, was something that I just loved doing so much when I actually went there. I loved going to the games. I mean, like that was a golden era for CSU football. So it was a lot, a lot easier to follow and um, really get behind. But man, I just love caring. I love that. I'm super bummed out about this. Like last year was such a nightmare and the Adazio, it was just like, I can't. It's been a long time since you felt like by the time Halloween rolled around, that the next month was going to matter. Yeah. And like, you ca- and you cared, right? Like you, you were, you were willing to give emotional currency to the CSU Rams. And I just love that we're at this place where it matters. It matters in the sense that, you know, all of the effort, that, all the efforts that's been put forth, the money that's been invested, the, um, you know, the athletic department, making the coaching change quickly, bringing in Norvell, all of the effort that's been put forth feels to be paying off in one form or another. And so to that, I am extremely excited. I'm eternally grateful. And I I do want to make it clear here. Like I'm not saying that six and six is going to be the goal every year. Like you should strive higher as a program with everything that you have to offer at CSU. I think this is a team that year in, year out should be winning a plus game, should be competing for Mountain West championships. The fact that you haven't won a conference championship since 2002 is a disgrace. It's it's absolutely outrageous to me. That was but my era. <laughs> at the same time, like you just have to understand, and this is a point that I've been making since the start of the season, it's game by game. It's inch by inch. And you're going to make take some steps forward. You're going to take some steps back as you rebuild this program. What you need is consistency. What you need is continuity. And that's just something that CSU is not been able to have for a long time because they've had the wrong guys on the field and they've had the wrong staffs on the sideline. I believe in this coaching staff. Do I agree with every single call that they make? No. Would I have squib kicked it at the end? No, I don't understand it. I want to see what Norvell said post game about that before I like come out with some radio style hot take thing. Like what the hell are you doing? That cost me. I don't know. Maybe there was reasoning there that would have made sense if it was explained to me. Watching it live, I don't get it at all. They have two timeouts. You know, they basically only need 30 yards to get a field goal at that point. I I just don't get that call. But clearly this team is making progress. They're fighting like hell. They're not just getting blown out week after week like we've seen. 
Is it where we want them to be? No, they need to be much more consistent. They have to find a way to stop blowing these winnable games. And that's going to be the biggest thing for them and in this culture and like getting to that place you want to be and, and being a team that year in, year out can win eight, nine games. It's these 50, 50 games that could go either way. You've, you've won two, you've lost three this year. If by the time that the season ends, you've won more of those than you've lost, you probably are in a pretty good spot to, to make the postseason. And again, like I understand that these, these games are frustrating. It, it when you do have actual emotional investment, when there are stakes, the losses, they sting so much more like the Broncos could lose by 40 tomorrow. I'm a diehard Broncos fan, but you know, that team sucks. You know, they have nothing to play for. So I, I'm just not going to let it impact me in the same way. No. In it's fact, if they, if they win, I'll be irate. If they win, I will cause a riot if they win tomorrow. <laughs> you don't want a, any more pointless wins to, you know, get a, casual five and 12 season and miss out on the top five draft picks. <laughs> I understand the people that say you're supposed to win every game, but uh, no, you're not. You have to get a good goddamn quarterback. We're in hell with the, bar. but, but uh, CSU is the lone bright spot for me personally in the state of Colorado, uh, as far as football is concerned. And yes, I feel as though this is the start of something. This is not the end product. This is not as good as we can expect it to be. All of the signs are pointing in the right direction. Uh, the the coaching staff uh, has shown an ability to recruit, which is important. They've shown an ability of your program. Nothing's more important. Nothing's more important. They've shown an ability to compete. They've shown an ability to care. I mean, there's just so many positive things that you can point to that says. I mean, and and frankly, like one of the most encouraging things about this program is. Braden Fowler Nicolosi. He is a, a true freshman. And he looks incredible from time to time. He he kind of um had, took a couple of weeks off as from you know, being consistently incredible, but my God, like I am so encouraged by the thought that he'll be here for some amount of time moving forward. Can't I fall, can't follow him tonight. The two weeks in a row, you know, when you desperately need points in the fourth quarter. He finds a way to put points on the board. The majority of his touchdown passes have been in the fourth quarter this year. Again, speaking to consistency, you'd like to find a way for CSU to have this be more of a four-quarter thing and not a two-and-a-half, three-quarter effort. But clearly, if you've watched CSU these last couple of years, this team is a hell of a lot more fun. Yeah. This one sucks. This one, for yeah, you know, a couple over. of days, you're going to sit around there and be like, ah, you think about those couple of plays, they're going to nod you, but it's a long year and yeah. they've got a ton to play for. You have two really huge games coming up against Air Force and Wyoming. I don't, it, it just kind of cracks me up the emotional roller coaster that is a college football season. If you go and find a way to win one of these games or somehow, you know, crazily, if you pulled two upsets and back to back weeks or something, they're going to be talking about building the statue. But because you lose this one, because there's a couple of plays that go the other way, you know, you're going to get the, the really emotional crowd with pitchforks, you know, fire everybody, you know, this whole offense is wrong. Nothing that you're doing is making progress. And to the people that are pissed off, I'm not telling you that you shouldn't be because this was a winnable game that slipped through your hands. I just want you to recognize in the grand scheme of things where this program is, at, oh, yeah. the direction that they're heading, the things that they can still accomplish this season. I mean, your goals are, are still on the table. So even if you lose these next two, which you're going to be underdogs, you know, like it, it, it sucks to lose this game, but you were an eight point underdog in it. According to a neutral, you know, party, you outplayed what the country expected you to do, what Vegas expected you it, that. Yeah. Moral victory. whoop de doo You know, I get it. Like, like it feels like the, <laughs> the birthday thing that just comes out, you know, like kind of flat. <laughs> we did it. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Oh, by the way, uh, these these are now in. Like the officially, they're oh, fi- they're officially licensed. CSU, DNVR, the the only school in the state of Colorado uh, that will actually work with DNVR and will allow us to make officially licensed gear. Um, and these things are awesome. I'm uh, I'm super proud of them. But uh, you, they really pop. They really pop. But yes, like. I would say to anybody that's like really upset 
that what you should do is do a podcast with Justin Michael immediately following the game because I feel fine. I've worked out all of my anger. Just have to talk it out. It's all about therapy. This is why therapy is important. You just vocalize things that are happening inside and you allow them to leave your body. And then, you, again, you douse that fire with 12 to 15 brickers. Can't say much better than that, man. Again, I understand why people are frustrated, but blue skies are ahead. I really do believe in what this program is doing. These losses suck. They're frustrating. Um, but I really don't understand the benefit of reacting as if there's not pro- progress, you know, screaming at the sky, you know, claiming for jobs. It just that's not the way that you're going to get out of this hole. And it's clear that this team plays together. It's clear mm-hmm. that they've established an offensive identity. They, they know how they want to play. It's just a matter of being able to do it for four quarters now. And frankly, that process takes a lot longer than you want. I mean, you see it with a lot of teams like CU comes out of the gate hot. Their offense looks like gangbusters those first couple of weeks and they come back to reality. I mean, we've seen it with, Teams across the country, Caleb Williams will throw six touchdowns one night. And then last week, you know, he has the worst game of his career at Notre Dame. It's 18 and 19 year olds playing this sport. And when that happens, you are going to get wildly erratic results. And (laughs) unless you're in Alabama and Ohio state expecting them to come out and be a machine for four quarters or 12 to 13 straight weeks, every fall, you're setting yourself up for disappointment. Now that doesn't mean that you can't strive for more, that you can't hope for championships, that you can't build on, you know, all this talent that you have. We're building, baby. We're building. But it takes time, and you got to lay those bricks, you know, one by one, week after week. So we'll be back with more content. Obviously, I'll be in Fort Collins next week for that Air Force game. Oh, you should say hi to my mom when you're up there. I, I will. I'd love to say hi to Eric's mom. But <laughs> shout out to everybody for tuning into this broadcast. Uh, if you wouldn't mind sharing it after the fact, I would certainly appreciate it. Much love to all of you in Ram Nation. I know this one stings, but uh, there, there is a lot going right for this team. They will respond. Proud to be y'all. Enjoy your Saturday nights. Let's go. <laughs>